My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm seated on the remains of the great legendary temple of Artemis, which was in the city of Ephesus. This temple was simply magnificent. It had 127 columns, which each were 60 feet tall. The building at its peak was 110 feet. It was massive. There were 6,000 priests and priestess who served in the temple of Artemis 24 hours a day, and people came here from around the world to worship the goddess Artemis. This is a souvenir of the goddess Artemis. And during the time of the New Testament, silver workers in the city of Ephesus made these and sold these to the religious tourists. That's why there was a big revolt in Acts chapter 19. Because of the preaching of the gospel, people quit buying these souvenirs and the silver workers began to lose their business. And eventually that's why they ran Paul out of town. But the early church didn't find the devil to be very funny. And in fact, they shunned these places because they knew these places were filled with demons and demonic activity. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, who also had many, many pagan temples, and he said to them in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14, flee from idolatry. He didn't say hang around it, entertain it, joke about it. He said flee from it. That word flee is a Greek word which literally means move your feet as fast as you can. Get out of there. Don't stay in the presence of evil. I think this is really important for us because right now people all over the world are getting ready to celebrate Halloween like it's a joke. But the devil's not funny. And the early church did not find demonic things to be very silly. They took it very serious. They stayed away from anything that was pagan, anything that was dark or sinister. And that's what we are commanded to do as well. So at this time of the year, when the rest of the world is celebrating Halloween and they're all playing trick or treat, what are you supposed to do? What is God's requirement of you? What should be the Christian response to Halloween? That's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and today we're going to continue our brand new series we began yesterday, which is called Trick or Treat a Christian's response to Halloween, and I'm offering you that series right now. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats with a great study guide. You know, sometimes Christians don't know how they're supposed to respond to events like Halloween, but today we're going to see from the Bible how early Christians responded to pagan celebrations. But please order this series. You will just love it. And we're also offering you right now my book, which is called Dress to Kill. You don't have to take it anymore because you are dressed to kill a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor. And for those who become partners, we immediately send you a package of books as our way of saying, welcome to the partner family. Proverbs 10 verse 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many we know that is our assignment, to feed people the Word of God. And when you become a partner with our ministry, that is somebody who sends an offering every month. You help us take the teaching of the Bible 
to people that are just famished for it. Thank you for being our partner or for becoming a partner. But today I want you to reach for your Bible. We have a lot of territory to cover in the scripture today. And in this program, we always use the Bible. So reach for your Bible. And today we're going to see how early Christians responded to pagan celebrations. And we're going to begin today in 1 John chapter 5, verse 21. But let me give you a little background before we come into this verse. When the apostle John was on the Isle of Patmos, he had a revelation of Jesus. And Jesus spoke to seven churches in Asia. And to several of the churches, Jesus expressed great concern because they were flirting with the world and they were making compromises with idolatry and pagan celebrations. For example, the city of Ephesus had a group called Nicolaitans who were telling the believers, hey, let's not be so strict. What does it hurt if we celebrate a few pagan celebrations with a local community? The same group called the Nicolaitans were in Pergamum. And we know that in the city of Thyatira, there was a woman whose name was Jezebel, who was also saying to the believers, hey, let's not be so strict. People misunderstand us because we live so separate. What does it hurt for us to go into the pagan temples or to celebrate pagan celebrations with the local community? And Christians were beginning to mix and mingle with paganism, and Jesus was against it. He was against it. He called them to separate themselves from all of that activity. So when John returned from Patmos to the city of Ephesus, and he wrote the Gospel of John and 1 John and 2 John and 3 John, in the very last verse, of 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, John said something to those churches. Now remember, Jesus had already issued a rebuke for them flirting with pagan celebrations. He had expressed his disapproval to Ephesus, to Pergamum, to Thyatira. That is still in John's mind. John remembers when he heard those words from Jesus. So now, when he writes his last verse in 1 John, Verse 25, listen to what John says. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. Wow, the word keep is the Greek word phuloso. And listen to what it means. It means to save yourself, to protect yourself, to preserve yourself, or to guard yourself against something. To be a military guard, like a soldier looking over something that has been assigned to him. It depicted also the uninterrupted vigilance that shepherds showed in watching over their flocks. It depicts a military guard who exercised unbroken vigilance. It literally means to guard, protect, secure, shield, or watch over in order to protect one from some outside foul force. That is this word, keep, used in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1. And this word philoso here translated keep was used 400 times in the Old Testament Septuagint, 31 times in the Greek New Testament. So there is no doubt about the meaning of this word. It describes the guarding and protection of a thing and it denotes the alertness and sleeplessness of the person who has been called to be on guard. Wow. The word philoso, this word keep, also depicts the safeguarding of something that has been entrusted to you, something that has been entrusted to you. It demanded that one be loyal and faithful to the task, never lethargic or lackadaisical. Wow. 
If that individual fell asleep on the job, the consequences could be grave, and therefore he was to be on alert at all times. And in fact, the use of this word philoso in 1 John 5, verse 21, the tense that is used describes one that is continuously responsible, continuously on guard. And by using this word in 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, the Apostle John is telling us that evil is always lurking in the shadows, just waiting for us to drop our guard. And like a garrison defends a position, God has called upon us to defend our lives. We are to be the guards of our lives. But wait, in 1 John 5, 21, John continued to say, little children, keep yourself from idols. The word from here in Greek is the word apo. It means from, away from, and it implies intentional distance. So John is saying, be very intentional about this. Keep yourself from, put space between you and idols. And here the word idols is plural. It describes a multiplicity of different kinds of idolatry and pagan celebrations. Wow. But wait, let's also go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, where the Apostle Paul comments on idolatry and pagan celebrations. And listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, flee from idolatry. You see, there were people in the early church who were saying, hey, it's just an idol. It has no life. It's just made of stone or it's made of wood. Why are we to be afraid of idols or pagan celebrations? But Paul said, hey, you're wrong. You need to flee from it. Flee from idolatry. That is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14. Then in 18 to 21, he adds, what I say then, that an idol is anything? or that which is offered to idols is anything. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Well, in this verse, Paul affirms what many are saying, that the idol really is nothing. It's just a stone. It has no life, or if it's made of wood, it's just made of wood, it has no life. But you have to understand that the environment of a pagan temple and a pagan celebration was infested with demonic activity, and that is precisely what Paul says in this verse. And though the idol itself could do no harm, the environment of idolatry was filled with a demonic spiritual influence, and Paul did not want believers going into those places, walking out, influenced by demonic powers. And that is why he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, flee from idolatry. He does not say accommodate it. He doesn't say flirt with it. He says flee from it. The word flee is a Greek word which means to flee, to take flight, to run away, to run hastily, to run as fast as possible, to escape. And it pictures one's feet flying as he runs from a situation. Furthermore, the tense that is used in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 14 means to continuously flee with no exception ever. He was emphatically stating that idolatry and pagan celebrations 
were fatal and should never be tolerated by believers under any circumstance. He had already said the idol itself was nothing but the environment where the idol was or the environment of the pagan celebration was permeated with demonic activity. And because of that, believers needed to stay away from it. Then in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 19 to 20, Paul adds, What say I then? That the idol is anything? Or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. In this verse, Paul uses the word devils twice. It is a Greek word, daimonion. I'm going to read to you directly from my notes. This word devils, the Greek word daimonion, which here is plural, describes, are you ready for this? Evil spirits, demons, or devils. The ancient world generally believed demons thickly populated the lower regions of the air and that these spirits were the primary cause of disasters and suffering in the earth. It could depict a person who was deemed insane. This word daimonion, here translated devils, depicts those possessed with evil spirits, those who suffered spirit-inflicted mental or physical infirmities. It could depict supernatural beings, superhuman forces, or spirits that could be conjured up by magic incantations, or special pagan rituals. That is what this word devils means. Now, in the world of the New Testament, the first century, it was very hard to escape a pagan environment because it was a pagan world. For example, if I could pick you up and take you to Ephesus, you would see the entire landscape of Ephesus was covered with one pagan temple after another, after another, and they were very dark and very devious. If I took you to Smyrna, you would see the same thing. If I took you to Pergamum, you would see the same thing. Tyre, Thyatira, the same thing. Sardis had a huge temple to the god Artemis and many others. The city of Laodicea was filled with all kinds of pagan temples and Athens and Corinth and on and on and on. So it was nearly impossible to live your life in the first century without living near to some pagan temple. And it was for this reason that Paul said, hey guys, God is calling you to total separation. Do not enter these premises and do not partake in their pagan celebrations. Put distance between yourself and all of these things. He commanded us to flee. The Greek word which means to move your feet as fast as you possibly can to hastily take flight and get out of those places. Well, we're not in danger, really. First John chapter 4, verse 4 says, Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. The idol itself had no life. It had no power. But the environment, the environment was spiritually dangerous because it was permeated with demonic activity. And fleeing from bad places is a direct command of Scripture. Somebody might say, well, but you know, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It won't hurt us by going to those places. Well, my friends, use your head. Listen to this. We may not fall off the edge of a cliff simply by standing near it. But playing around the cliff's edge 
greatly increases the danger of slipping. Keeping a safe distance from the edge assures that we will not slip and fall. And it's true, the first John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we can rejoice in that, and that is true. But just one chapter later, one chapter later, in 1 John 5, verse 21, the same author who said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, the very same author one chapter later said in 1 John 5, verse 21, little children, keep yourself from idols. Even though he had said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, he knew they needed to stay away from the edge of that cliff lest they slipped and fall and become influenced by demon spirits. In fact, that's why Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God, and I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Paul says that ye should. Well, this is the future form of the Greek word genomai. The word genomai describes something that happens or evolves over a period of time. It denotes that which comes into existence over the passage of time. Paul is literally saying by being in the wrong place, by being in the wrong spiritual environment over a period of time, you can gradually become affected by it. Hmm. That's exactly what this word genomai means in this context. Paul was declaring that a person's physical presence in the proximity of idol worship or pagan celebrations potentially put him or her in a position to come under the influence of demons. Wow. In fact, he says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 20, that you should not have fellowship, fellowship with demons. The word fellowship is the Greek word koinonos. It's a form of the word koinos. The word koinos describes that which is common or something that is mutually shared, such as property that jointly belongs to two or more people. But when koinos becomes the word koinonos, as in this verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20, it here specifically refers to the ideas of engagement, engagement, involvement, fellowship, or partnership. Let me say this again. Engagement, involvement, fellowship, or participation. So when Paul uses the word koinonos in this verse, where he says, I would not that you should have fellowship, koinonos, with devils. He is literally telling us that when believers put themselves in a wrong spiritual environment, where there are pagan sacrifices or a pagan celebration, they can accidentally begin to engage themselves with demons. That is exactly what this verse says. And Paul did not want his audience to become engaged or to become involved with or to come under the influence of demon spirits. That is exactly what he is saying in this verse. It is a screaming alarm that we need to stay away from wrong spiritual environments. And in fact, the RIV of 1 Corinthians 10.20 would be this. And I would not 
that you should have participation with devils as a result of being in the atmosphere of idolatrous sacrifices and activities. That is what Paul said in this verse. And as I've told you, living in the first century, this would be very hard to obey because they were surrounded by pagan temples and pagan celebrations and pagan festivities. But yet the Apostle Paul very clearly said, stay away from them. By being in those places, you jeopardize yourself by being in a wrong spiritual atmosphere filled with wrong spiritual influences. That is exactly what this verse means. Wow. Jesus never called us to live in two worlds, God's world and in the kingdom of darkness. He called us to a life of separation. And for these believers to live separate from that realm, they had to really work at it. But wait, in 1 John 5, verse 21, John says something else in this very last verse of 1 John. He says, little children, keep yourself from idols. Then he adds the word, amen. Remember, the word from is the Greek word apo. It implies intentional distance. John is calling on his readers to be very intentional. Then he ends it with the word amen. And the word amen in Greek means amen, so let it be. It is an emphasis marker used to emphasize a statement of great importance. And here is the expanded RIV of 1 John chapter 5, verse 21. Hold on to your seat because this is strong. Little children, I immediately order you to withdraw from idols. Those idols and what they represent are so evil that you need to seriously guard yourself against them and to stay away from them altogether. And I'm leaving no wiggle room on this issue. I'm absolutely and emphatically ordering you to immediately put as much space as possible between yourself and idols. They are evil and represent a menace to your life, so you must urgently guard against them. What I'm telling you right now is not open for debate and is not optional. It is an order that I fully expect you to obey. In fact, to underscore the seriousness of what I'm telling you, I'm even adding an amen to stress the point. I expect you to explicitly obey my instruction on this issue and to do it now. Wow. What was the order? Keep yourself from idols. Amen. Do it and do it now. Now, right now, people are getting ready to celebrate Halloween. You say, well, there's no harm in Halloween. Be careful. That's what some people were saying in the first century when they were saying, what is the harm of going into a pagan temple? The idol is just a piece of stone. What is the harm in celebrating pagan celebrations with our pagan neighbors? Maybe if we would draw a little nearer to them and mingle into their life, it would open them up to the gospel. That was the thinking of some people, and Jesus was very much against it and rebuked them and told them to stop it. And now in 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, John says, guard yourself, guard your life, make sure evil does not come near, it's always lurking in the shadows, guard yourself from, the word from the word awful, intentionally put space between yourself and anything that is dark or devious, and then he adds the word amen, which is emphatic, which means I expect you to obey me and to obey me right now. Now in light of all of this, how early Christians were told to refrain from any kind of evil, bad environments, 
or pagan celebrations, what do you think God wants you to do about Halloween? You say, well, it's harmless. Are you sure? Many people said the temples in the first century were harmless, but Paul said even though the idol is nothing, it is a wrong spiritual environment. There are influences there that can affect you, so stay away from it. I want you to consider all of this in light of Halloween. Is Halloween really a celebration that Christians should be involved in when people are celebrating the devil and demons and witches and evil spirits? I think not. When we come back tomorrow, we're going to see explicitly what the Bible says is a pagan celebration something you should be involved in. But I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. Halloween is widely celebrated in the Western world, but what should the Christian response to Halloween be? Although it may look like fun and games, there is a sinister evil behind Halloween, and Christians need to rethink their participation in such a holiday. There is no need to be condemning of those who celebrate it, but neither should a believer participate in it. In Trick or Treat, A Christian Response to Halloween, Rick Renner delves into the subject of the occult and the need to refrain from anything that hints of evil. The devil is no joke. Demons are no joke. Witchcraft is real. Is this really something that Christians should participate in or celebrate? In this five-part series, Rick Renner covers the New Testament attitude toward the devil and demons, the reality of the demonic realm, the New Testament mandate to refrain from all occultic activities, the historical beginnings of Halloween. Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10, you'll be so glad you took time to digest this powerful series. In addition, you can also purchase the book, Dress to Kill. In this book, Rick answers questions about the often misunderstood subject of spiritual warfare. This comprehensive study teaches you how to put on the full armor of God and the importance of each piece of armor in defeating the enemy. This powerful book can be yours for just $22. Don't miss this special offer, the series Trick or Treat, a Christian response to Halloween, and the book Dress to Kill. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. My friend, we need your help because our ministry is really growing. God has graciously entrusted to us the responsibility to bring teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. And people are tuning in because they feel they have found teaching they can trust. People reaching out to us for spiritual support and requesting our resources, many of which we send for free. We're doing everything we can to really reach out and strengthen people's lives. But the ministry is growing. Our Tulsa office has become insufficient. We've outgrown it. We have no room for storage. People are literally sitting all over the building. And our Moscow studio is so small for what we need because now we are doing five to seven live programs a day in multiple languages. And right now we're already in the process of building a new studio in Moscow. If you would go online, there on our homepage, you'll see a link where you can read about all that we're doing in our ministry in this expansion project and how you can participate. And my friend, you really will be making a difference in somebody else's life. 
Thank you for being with me today. Tomorrow, we're going to pick up right here, and we're going to see if a pagan celebration is something you should be involved in. The Bible is very clear. But I'm offering you my brand new series called Trick or Treat, A Christian's Response to Halloween. It comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you my book, which is called Dress to Kill. And my friend, if you need prayer, please call us or write us. We're waiting to hear from you right now. But let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. The greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But yet you want us to use our brains. So help us, Lord, to be good guards of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you tomorrow. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.